0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award winning psychotherapist.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled Overcoming Negative Stereotypes and Injustice. In today's show, Michael will be using the biblical story of the prophet Jonah. As found in the book of Jonah, to speak on the topic overcoming negative stereotypes. If you are new to the show, we are on the air every Monday morning at 9:30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to Elim Counseling Ministry com or by calling one eight seven seven 544 Let's go right into today's show, where Michael is teaching on overcoming negative stereotypes.
0: The topic of racial profiling and injustice is a topic that has taken center stage in our world today as a result of the killing of George Floyd. The video of his merciless death has sent shockwaves around the world and has led to a tsunami of protest against injustice in many countries worldwide, including here in Canada, where thousands from all races and creeds march to show their support for victims of injustice and negative stereotyping. Injustice and negative stereotyping are not new to mankind. The Bible abounds with stories of oppression and injustice. The story of the Israelites in the book of Exodus is a story of oppression and injustice. Genesis 16 records the oppression of Hagar by her mistress Sarah an oppression so unbearable that fleeing into the desert without food and supplies was a better option. We often forget also that the entire New Testament is written in the context where the homeland of the Jews was under foreign occupation at the hands of the Romans. Today for my text, I have chosen an unlikely biblical passage, the book of Jonah, to speak on the topic of negative stereotypes and injustice. However, as I go through this presentation, you will be better able to see how this story fits the topic. I won't have time to read the entire four chapters of Jonah, one of the shortest book of the Bible, just four chapters. But I would like to pull from it a few sections that are going to show uh, from the beginning why I am using this to talk about this very important topic. And I want to first read from chapter 1 of Jonah, the first three verses, and then I'll read chapter 4 from verse from verse 1 to verse 3. So in Jonah chapter 1, we have these words. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So in these first few verses in Jonah chapter 1, we have this scenario painted where God has given Jonah the task of going to Nineveh and to warn the people of Nineveh about impending Judgment. But instead, we see that Jonah went in the opposite direction and headed for this place called Tarshish. Now, the question is why did Jonah go in this opposite direction? And the answer to that question is the key to why I am using this passage to talk about negative stereotyping and injustice. In chapter 4, we have the, the answer to that question. Chapter 4, and I'll read the first three verses. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Now, what is it that made Jonah so angry? In chapter 3, of Jonah, we are told that the Ninevites, on hearing Jonah's warning, when Jonah finally decided, after being swallowed into the belly of the whale in chapter two, and at the end of chapter two, being vomited out by the whale, and in chapter three, God sends him again to Nineveh, and Jonah went with the word and warned the the people in of Nineveh about the impending. Judgment, And in his short message to these people of just eight words, he told them just eight words that they would repent, that they should repent in, in just a few words. But those few words that the people heard had such an impact on them that we are told that the king of Nineveh himself commanded that the entire nation should Repent of their sins and go in sackcloth and ashes and pray and fast for forgiveness. And as a result of that, God forgave the city of Nineveh. And this is what made Jonah angry. And so, in this last passage that I have just read in chapter 4, Jonah is angry at God because the people of Nineveh repented and they did not, they did not reap the punishment from God that Jonah thought that they deserve. So here we have this prophet of God who is upset because God speared an entire nation. And so what we are seeing here is a picture of what is going on in Jonah's heart against the people of this foreign land, the people of Nineveh. In Jonah's mind, these people were fuel for hellfire and deserved to go to go to hell to be to to reap the punishment of God. So in essence, Jonah was using God to bring about a genocide. What he was doing is I don't want to go to Nineveh to warn these people just in case that they might repent. I want God to give them what they deserve. These people should all die and go to hell. So we have this, we have this stereotyping of the entire city of Nineveh by Jonah, where he thinks that every single person in that city is fit for hellfire. And in, in chapter four, we see God speaking to Jonah and a plea in with him, trying to show him that these people deserved his mercy and deserved his love. But in Jonah's heart was this bitterness against an entire people. He stereotyped the entire city of Nineveh. And so it is, this is how uh, stereotyping and injustice flourish. When we have this picture of of people that we don't know but we build in our mind a picture of how evil and of how, how wicked they are and how deserving they are of punishment and i think it is this that has led to racism uh continuing for so many years in our continent because i think there are many people who when they hear of the suffering on the plight of and the and the plight of people who are oppressed there is a subconscious bias that this person deserve what they got and so after brutal murders like the one with George Floyd people would say oh he, he had some kind of criminal conviction before but my question is regardless of his criminal conviction before is he deserving of that kind of m- merciless death? And I think most of us would answer no. But at the core of our being, there is this feeling, at the core of of many of us being, there is this feeling that it's not so bad what happened to him because he's a criminal and he deserved it. And so this is what Jonah was thinking about the people of Nineveh, that they're all bad and they deserve to die. But what happened in chapter 3 is very, very shocking because the people that Jonah believed was so wicked and so evil, they put the Israelites to shame with their fasting and their praying. There is no better picture painted in the entire Bible about prayer and fasting than is painted in chapter 3 of Jonah. If you want to know how to pray and fast, go and read how the people of Nineveh repented. The Bible tells Tells us that these same people that Jonah thought were so evil and deserving of death, so deserving of death, that he was withholding the very word of God from them that could save them from calamity. And so we hear of these people that when they heard the news that they, God was about to punish them and they should repent, they did not resist the message of God. They embraced it, and the king commanded this fast to the extreme where he said even the animals were to wear sackcloth and ashes. And so even the animals had to fast. And so the entire city was under a lockdown, not not from a virus, but because the king of the city had commanded that everyone in the city was to repent and fast in sackcloth and ashes to the extent that their prayers and their repentance reached the heart of God. And God, who had said in chapter 1 that he was going to punish them for their wickedness, held back the tide of judgment from that city and and forgave them. And so in chapter 4, we find Jonah angry, and I'm just going to read that again now that I'm given more of that context. In chapter 4, we read, But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. In other words, he's saying, God, it's not fair that you spare the lives of these people. These people deserved to die. And so I want to talk about some of the symbolism in this book of Jonah that I am going to be uh, uh, tying into this subject in a little more in a little more uh, pronounced and uh, direct way as we talk about this this topic of overcoming overcoming negative stereotype and injustice. So the first thing I want to talk about here, Now we talk about Jonah and this intent that he wanted to, to, to actually kill, have God kill the entire city of Nineveh by withholding the word. And so Jonah, by fleeing to this place called Tarshish, is symbolic to what is happening in many of us lives today when it comes to the the, the subject of stereotyping and injustice. So Tarshish symbolizes this place where we drown out our conscience and our responsibility for others. Jonah was running away from his responsibility that God had given him to warn the people of Nineveh. And he went to this place called Tarshish that was in the opposite direction. And so when we go in the opposite direction, actually Tarshish was over 3,000 miles west of Nineveh where God was sending him. When we go to our Tarshish, we go to this place where we turned a blind eye to racism where we turned a blind eye to negative stereotyping and injustice. And God is saying, I want you to go in the opposite direction. I want you to go to Nineveh. Go to the very people that your tendency is to stereotype and your tendency is to think that they are not good enough. And so that place of Tarshish is a very dangerous place because we shut out our conscience and we make ourselves feel comfortable in that place.
1: Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the live Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic of overcoming negative stereotypes and injustice you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled e-l-i-m counseling with two l's ministry.com where you can also make a donation to this christ-centered ministry back to michael
0: There is an experiment that was done at by researchers in Canada. And these researchers worked out of York University. And these researchers uh, recruited 120 students. And they were doing an experiment to see if there was racism and how people would react to a racist condition. But these 120 students that were that were recruited didn't know that they were in such an experiment they thought that they were going they were doing some kind of psychological study and so they selected half of the students and they put them into a room with two actors now one of the actor was white and the other was black And they set up this scenario where the white actor was standing in the pathway of the black actor who was about to leave the room to fetch his cell phone that he had forgotten outside the classroom. And on his way out, he bumped into, accidentally bumped the knee of the white actor. And the actor who was acting the part of a racist made a racist comment, these clumsy N people. And he called him the racist N-word, clumsy followed by the racist N-word. And then, uh, the black actor left the room, said nothing, came back, and when everyone was seated, they thought no, the real experiment was going to start. They didn't know that was part of what they were there to test. So they then asked the people in the room to select someone that they they wanted to have as their partner. And what was surprising was that more than half of the participants after hearing that racist comment selected the white actor as their partner. More than half. And so what, not only did they not react to the racist comment, They chose the person who made the racist comment more than half as their partner. Remember I said that there was 120 people selected for this experiment. So this part of the experiment had 60 people in it. The second part of the experiment had 60 people as well, 60 students who they asked the question, how would you react? If you were in a situation and they describe the situation that played out in the in the experiment in the real experiment, how would you react if you were in a situation where someone made a racist remark? Would you select that person to be your partner in after to work with. And more than half of the people, the overwhelming majority of the people who were asked the question hypothetically said, no, we would not choose the racist person. But in the real life situation, in the experiment where people think they were in a real life situation, they acted differently than what, how they said they would react and how they said they would react in the hypothetical situation. So the point I'm making here is that sometimes we might think about how we would react when we are told about the situation hypothetically, but it's actually how you react in the actual situation that will determine whether or not you're creating a situation in which racial profiling, where stereotyping and where injustice grows. So Tarshish is this place where people turn a blind eye to what what's happening. A comfort zone where people go to to not see. And I think one of the things that has happened, why there is such a big outcry today when it comes to racism, is that we are not as distracted by the entertainment in the media as we were pre-COVID. People were killed in the same way as George Floyd before. But the reaction was subdued because we were in our Tarshish. We were in this place where, you know, we would see it on the news, but then we would switch to the latest hockey game that was on or we would see the person dying and being choked to death, but you know, Survivor was on and we had to switch to the to to, to the, the Survivor or the NBA finals. And so I think what COVID has done is that COVID has forced us to stop and to pay attention. And God had to force Jonah to stop by a calamity as well in his life, where he was swallowed by the whale, and it was this swallowing by the whale that led to Jonah having uh, a, a, a new uh, obedience to God, where he he actually came to a place where he said, "I am not going to turn my back against Nineveh. I am going to go to that place, to that place where." I I will do what God wants me to do. So we have the imagery of Jonah being in the whale, in the belly of the whale, for three days and three nights. And this speaks of of death and rebirth. And I think when it comes to overcoming overcoming negative stereotype and injustice, there needs to be a death and a rebirth. There needs to be death to old ways of thinking, old mindsets. There are some of us that we were raised by racist parents who have influenced us more than we believe. There are some of us who grew up in racist environment where we saw things that are as that things that have made us more comfortable with people suffering injustice instead of making us cry out. So this three days and three nights in the bed belly of the whale is this place of rebirth, this place of death and resurrection. And I think that we all need to have that rebirth, that new mindset. And I think there is an excellent opportunity that has been presented here in our society where we are all called on to Take up this mantle of responsibility for people who are suffering injustice and people who are being negatively stereotyped. We all are part of the answer. So we see Jonah being in the belly of the whale, being spit out, and now going to Nineveh and being angry at God for saving the the people that God sent him to save. So let's talk a, a little bit about how this, 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 Place of darkness in the belly of the whale represents some of the darkness that goes on in society. This place of darkness, this place where Jonah is shut out from light, is this place, this subconscious place where many of us, we fail to see what's going on around us. Not because we are blind, but because we refuse to see. And sometimes this sense that we are unable to do anything about this situation can make us turn away from 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 the situation and turn a blind eye. There's this saying that there is none so blind as those who refuse to see. So Jonah is in this place of darkness, but he's also in this place of instability in the belly of the whale, this place of turmoil, instability, and things being out of control, him losing control of himself. And sometimes this is what it takes for us to come to this new place of of being on dry ground where when he was spit out of the belly of the whale onto dry land, he he finally had this place of stability and clarity where he could now obey the voice of God. My question to each and every one of us, including myself, is what are you doing as an individual to help to stop the spread of injustice? What are you doing to stop the spread of injustice and negative stereotyping? And to be silent in in the midst of others who are doing that is to promote these negative tendencies. To do nothing is also to promote these negative tendencies, I think our civilization is at a very pivotal point. Where years from now we are going to look back and say 2020 was this time of new vision. 2020 was this time of and of a new thing being birth in civilization, and I think the onus is on each and every one of us to play our part. Now, what is also important in this story of Jonah is that Jonah was just one person. Many times we think that we cannot do anything because the the, the situation is so big and so overwhelming. Who am I? What difference can I make? But let us note that Jonah was one man who obeyed the voice of God. And he made a big difference to an entire city. He saved an entire city. So I'm saying there are many of us who are feeling insignificant, who are feeling, I don't have financial resources. I don't have a big platform of thousands and thousands of followers. What can I do? I say to you that if Jonah can save an entire city with eight words, and you have a voice, there is something you can do with your voice, just even with your voice to help. If it even means speaking up against injustice in your workplace, speaking up against racial stereotyping among your friends, when you see it happening, you can make a big difference. And each of us playing a role in our little corner where God has put us, will make a big difference to the overall level of, of negative stereotyping and injustice that is within our society. There is something that you can do. And so if you think about these uh contrast that i have talked about so far like being in the belly of the whale jonah being in the belly of the whale instability and darkness we are now he's outside of the belly of the whale and there is stability is on dry land and he's now able to see i think this coronavirus has placed us all on dry land where now we are no longer distracted and in in blindness where we can see because the NBA finals or the NFL finals uh was on TV. We have we're all seeing the injustice and I think we all now are faced with the task of Uh, figuratively, going to Nineveh. And your Nineveh might be your workplace. Your Nineveh might might be the school that you attend. Your Nineveh might be your home where there are racist jokes and comments that you know are wrong. But God is calling you to go there. And I see that I'm quickly out of time Today, I wish I had more time to, to, to go into this in more detail, but I have shared. Uh, I think I have shared enough from this passage that can be helpful to us. If you are new to this radio show, you can find out more about us by going to ministry.com. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.